0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Jesus Continued Sermon Series. This series digs deeper into who the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit's role, and why God desires for us to live Spirit-led lives. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Right now, we're in a series called Jesus Continued, which we're exploring what it looks like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit is so paramount in the early church, in the book of Acts and in the Bible, but we're learning kind of what it looks like to interact with the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's role is in the life of the believer and all those things, and so each week, we've asked somebody to come up and share a testimony about how the Holy Spirit has been working in their life, and so this morning, I'd love to invite up Mike Truentrand. Come on up, Mike, and Mike's gonna share a little bit about you know, how the, the Holy Spirit's moving. And I just got to tell you, over the past, you guys have been here about a year, correct? Yeah, uh,
1: November, I think was a little a So
0: Mike has been a blessing. He's on our discipleship team. He is just a, a man of many giftings and talents, and he's been a blessing to get to know and, and to, to begin to serve with. But uh, Mike, let's just start it off. If you could just tell us um, a little bit of how you've seen the Holy Spirit move in your life this past season.
1: Yeah, sure, Dan. Uh, Again, my name is Mike. We live in Simsbury with my wife, Lisa, who's right there. Lisa, (laughs) you raise your hand. (laughs) And the four kids right there next to her. And um, I want to share a story of how we as a family uh, came to come back to Simsbury after I had been gone for a number of years. So I grew up in Simsbury, and in the late 90s, it was 98, I was in my late 20s. And I had moved up to Massachusetts, just south of Worcester, to run a business, and eventually moved just a few towns west of that. And um, in doing that, we got, I got connected to a church where I met Lisa. And then we, um, uh, you know, we, we met each other, obviously. We got married in 2001. And then from there, we started having our kids. We had some great relationships that we built up at that church that we, we met at. And things were really great. Uh, we were involved in helping run small groups at the church. Uh, Lisa was very involved in running events for the church. I la- landed in the home improvement industry for work and had a, a good paying job. And we had just a lot of great things going in our lives. But it was funny, we always, I always loved uh, the Farmington Valley and Hartford especially. And we, over the years we would just come back and forth because my parents still lived here so we visited quite often. And for years we really talked about making the move back down here and uh went back and forth with that for quite some time and eventually we really found that it was a bit of a distraction because we were in this kind of place of limbo whether we were going to stay here in massachusetts indefinitely or move back and and we just decided that we were going to make this final decision we decided we were going to stay in massachusetts we had a lot of again great things going on in our life and it was like that kind of done deal we're we're final Final decision after years of of thinking about it. And Lisa and I were talking about this yesterday. Something really amazing happened. Uh, Just two days, uh, we think it was two days after we decided on that, we had a friend of of ours, uh, Deb Perkins, who called. And she, it was funny, she told Lisa, Uh, I had this dream, and I don't know if it was from the Lord, or if I ate some bad pizza before I went to bed. (laughs) So she went on to tell Lisa, and and by the way, none of our friends, we had not discussed this potential move to Connecticut. And Deb didn't actually even know that I was originally from Connecticut. And she went on to tell Lisa she had a dream that evening about uh, that we moved to Connecticut, and then she described in great detail the entrance to my parents' house. And I grew up in Weetalk down like south part of Simsbury. She described the walking trail and the businesses that are right down there like Dunkin' Donuts and the Garden Center and the athletic field, the auto, uh, M&M uh, auto, the south one. And it was just really amazing. So we obviously were blown away. And we, as crazy as sound, we really felt like that was the confirmation since we've been undecided. And we decided to to make uh, to make the move from there
0: awesome so so not only were the Holy Spirit speaking to you but he was also speaking to you through yeah, that absolutely. dream and through friends yeah
1: absolutely we had like this inner conviction for a lot of years awesome. and then that confirmation was finally it for us
0: so unpack for us a little bit more because as we're all learning you know how to listen to the Holy Spirit and interact with the Holy Spirit how is listening to the Holy Spirit's guidance Changed the way that you approach decision making, and, and obviously it caused you to move. But just you know, more in your life, how has that changed how you approach things?
1: Yeah, no, that's good, Dan. So, one of the things that I'd say, especially in this particular, which is a huge life move, I mean, it's probably the biggest kind of stepping out in faith, uh, was that God provides when He has a plan uh, for you, and He's got a specific for you, and He um, gives you this prompting. He always makes a way. So whether it's that financial, uh, your emotional, you're relational, He is a God that provides. And for us, when we moved down, we had very little money saved. And we, we uh, I didn't have a job lined up, our friends thought we were crazy, but we knew after that confirmation that we had to had to do it, we had to go. Like God had a plan. So uh, we were led by, we really felt like we were led to start a company to support ourselves while we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do in ministry. And um, God had just, has just blessed that way beyond what we had expected is provided for us uh, financially and it's really more much more than we we needed so that's the thing in decision making there's this kind of really positive upward cycle that happens when you step out you seek the Holy Spirit and then he gives you this clarity and he's gonna do whatever needs to happen for you to get clear that it's from him and once you know that then it's just a matter of stepping out. but once you step out then all those fears go away when you see god move when he moves in your life he moves in other people's lives and you see the power of god like unfold and then your faith uh you, in him just grows and i think that that's really what it all c- comes down to dan is that growing in faith as we're stepping out and then it just becomes this positive upward trend that's awesome
0: so kind of the close you know again as we're all on this journey to grow in our relationship with the holy mm-hmm. spirit and even this season of our church um, is, you know, really trying to figure out what that looks like. What's one takeaway that you would give us, you know, as we're all seeking to follow the Holy Spirit in our lives?
1: Yeah. No, I was thinking about that question, and I would say that to expect the uncomfortable to be part of the process. And I think that for people who have been walking with the Lord and stepped out in things that have had major impact, there's always that resistance. And I remember I saw this little illustration in either a book or on, an, on um, social media where there was the words, your comfort zone, and there was a big circle drawn around it. And then on the outside of the circle, like above it to the right, were in large letters as well, where it said, where the magic happens. And I thought that that was so cool. You know, I, I just remember it really well. But I think that like when we think about following the Holy Spirit, uh, you know that not it's not maybe where the magic happens but we got a comfort zone we're kind of in that little bubble uh but i really feel like that word would be like this is where the kingdom happens mm-hmm. is outside of here and so god's power like his life-changing power uh, his transformative power the love like his his ability to affect lives affect our area uh is here and now i mean what the God that's in the Bible is the same God that we walk with every day, and he's all around us and available to all of us, but it's kind of amazing to me, Dan, that we we have a role to play in that whole thing, in that obedience and stepping up. So what I'd say to people, and like a takeaway, is that just listen, and then he'll reveal to you what he has for you to do, and then you just got to step out. It's not going to be easy. It's almost guaranteed to be uncomfortable, Uh, but then sit back and just watch what he does what I'd say. So that's where it
0: gets exciting, huh? Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing, yeah, and, no and uh, I hope that the Lord has used your story to, to help spur us on. But at this time, we're going to transition back into worship, and we're going to pray. So why don't we all stand as we continue in worship? Well, Pastor Clark, is uh, he's out of town still. He comes back this evening. If you've been following on, him on Facebook, you know he's having an amazing time uh, with his family. He gets to see uh, his kids and their, um, or one of their spouses, and they're hiking, and now my version of vacation does not involve a lot of physical labor, but to his, his own, I, I'm a beach guy, but if you want to hike, that's great. But he's uh, hes excited to come back. He's texted saying, tell everybody I'm praying for them this morning. Um, but that being said, we have the honor and the blessing of having uh, one of our elders speak this morning, and and a good friend, he also leads our house of prayer, Um, and we heard the the first service was amazing, and so, Ray, we're honored to have you speak, so please give it up for uh, Ray Bugnacki.
2: Before I start today, um, I'd like to have Heather come up. She she met me at the door of my bedroom this morning, and reminded me that um, 30 years ago today, we went on our first date, Mm -hmm. and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of cool, because you're talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was on my way to work, and uh, um, Bessie and Do- uh, Dunkin' Donuts was closed down, so I was going to get my cup of coffee, and uh, she was at Bessie and Donuts, mm-hmm. and I grabbed the coffee, and you know, I just became a Christian, and so I was, my friends went off to Bible college, I was by myself, and I said, Lord, I really want a girlfriend. And the first pretty girl I see I'm going to ask out, was Heather? <laughs> and a week after we, we went out, I asked her to marry me. And uh, I just knew Two in my months heart.
0: later, I said yes, yep. but took <laughs> some time.
2: And so, uh, so we, had, we have four children. We have uh, Christopher, who was leading worship this morning, uh, 22 years old. David, 20. He's doing the, the stuff back here. And, uh, and we got Benjamin, which is... Eleven? Twelve. Twelve. And Linnea, that seven's going to be eight in July. And so, um, yeah, so God is good. Amen. Well, could you pray with me? Yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that, Lord, you, you have a, a plan for every one of us. It's good, and it's awesome. And, Lord, thank you that you, you want to order our steps. You knew us before We were even born. You knitted us in our mother's womb. So, Lord, I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you move in every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in preparing for this sermon this morning, um, I was thinking about some of the things that I did when I was a kid. And, you know, my kids have done some really dumb things, from kicking a soccer ball through a window and, And knocking a a hole in a wall with their baseball bat. You know, kids do really crazy things. And, you know, I can't, I can't, it's really hard because being a dad and and disciplining them, I think of the things that I did and I'm like, ooh, (laughs) I was way worse than they were. (laughs) But uh, every now and then they ask me to share a story about growing up. And um, I had four brothers, I had two older and two younger. And we grew up on a lake. And, um, and, there's all kinds of things that we got involved in. You know, some good, not so good, but uh, they always love to hear the stories of of growing up. And so um, the story I wanted to share with you this morning is uh, it was wintertime at the lake, and so the the lake was frozen over, and um, I wanted to go sailing. All my friends were like, yeah, let's go sailing. Well, how are you gonna do that? Well, we got a flat bottom boat that has a sail. So we took the boat, we flipped it over, nailed some skis to the bottom, and uh, set the sail up on the boat, got it on the lake, secured the sail so it wouldn't move, and uh, we caught a wind. (laughs) So a few neighborhood kids were on the boat, were cranking across the lake. It was so cool, because after the first service, someone shared with me that when they were a kid, they did the same thing. So I'm not the only crazy one here. (laughs) So it was like zero to 60 in the first three seconds, and we're cranking across the lake. And then halfway across the lake, I'm thinking, how do we stop? (laughs) The breach is getting closer. We all bailed. We all jumped out of the boat. And it was funny, because the guy from the first service said they did the same thing. My boat hit the hit the uh, bridge, blew apart into pieces, it was a pile of toothpicks. <laughs> and, uh, but it's amazing because, you know, kids will think of all kinds of stuff. Because they get so caught up in the mystery of things. They get caught up into the, you know, just the fact that we're gonna go fast. Like we had no, we didn't even stop to think how we were gonna stop. Like we were just like, we wanted to get on the lake and catch the wind. And we sure did catch the wind. <laughs> but, you know, Jesus puts it out there. He says, listen, you need to become like a little child to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, becoming like a little child, you know, if you think of a child, you think of the mystery of everything that they get involved in. There's always something that they're curious about or something that they're, they want to know a little bit more about. And... They're not old enough to really try to, you know, figure things out and, you know, go to study and figure out, is this really going to work? They're just like, no, let's slap it together and get moving, right? And, uh, and so Jesus puts out this idea. To enter into the kingdom of heaven, some of that stuff has to be involved. Isn't that interesting? So I want to read to you a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 through 16. It says... However, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can conceive, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of this world but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand God has freely, what God has freely given us. This is what we speak not in words taught to by, by human wisdom but words that were taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only by the Spirit. The person with the Spirit make judgment on all things, but the person is not subject to merely human judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Wow. Says a lot. You know, growing up, um, around the holiday time, around Easter, you know, as a family, we would watch the movies, we'd watch the movie of Jesus, and then, you know, the movie Ten Commandments would come on, and um, I remember sitting there with my brothers, with my dad, watching, you know, the Ten Commandments with uh, Charlton Heston, and um, I'll tell you, like, even today, like, you watch the movie, I think, like, the graphics are really good, even though it was produced way back then. And um, I remember sitting there with my dad and I said, dad, come on, really? We weren't Christians. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, part? The sea? Are you kidding me? And my dad looked at me and he said, you know what, if it's in the Bible, it's true. And that's what my dad said. I said, really? Well, becoming a Christian, I feel like I began a journey. I started to, started to learn a few things that when I accepted Christ into my heart, I also had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And it's kind of funny because Mike was sharing a little bit about his testimony and coming here and this, uh, this woman that called him with a dream. And uh, I was joking with some of my friends, they said I want to start a ministry at Valley Brook. I want to call it the dream ministry. I want to set up a bunch of hammocks in the pine grove. and." Uh, We can all take a nap, and we'll have boxes of pizza who have a hard time dreaming, and and we'll write down our dreams. You know, my wife Heather, for years, has been my scribe. You know, before we had the iPhone, she'd write them down in notebooks, and, you know, my attic is totally insulated by notebooks of dreams that are sitting in my attic. And thank God that the iPhone came out because if we kept writing, you know, in notebooks, my rafters in my ceiling would probably be bursting right now. You know? And um, so dreams have always been an amazing way that the Lord has been speaking to me over the years. And I would love to be able to share the dreams and the things that the Lord has actually done in our lives, where the Lord really has, you know, ordered our steps, even through dreams. I w- I'd like to read a little bit about a dreamer. Now, in Hebrews. Hold on one second. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16. Faith in action. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I'm gonna go down a little bit further And it talks about Abraham. It says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like strangers in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs um, with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past the childbearing age, um, was, was, able to, was able to bear children, wasn't able to bear children. She considered him faithful who had made, uh, made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, um, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. The story of Abraham, it's kind of interesting. It almost sounds like the story that Mike shared That God was calling him to go. And what's amazing is Abraham, you know, he had a family. Everything was fine back at home. They had everything that they needed. But God was telling them, telling him to go. I have a lantern. Where? Where am I going to go? This is crazy. I'm going to leave where everything is comfortable and I'm going to go. And what's amazing about that whole story is he was beginning to see something that God was speaking to him in the spirit. And that relationship with God inside of him was so strong that he moved on and he went to look for a land. And when he, when he went to go look for the land, the scripture says that he didn't look back. Because if he was to look back, he would remember where he came from and he'd be like, you know what? It's much safer there. I should probably go back. But no, he had his eyes fixed on something different. You know, when I became a Christian, the whole vision for my life began to change. God began to deal with me with all kinds of things that were in my life that the Lord really wanted to change in me. And to clarify a vision that was, that was before me. For God to order my steps. You know, to have a childlike faith to be able to step out is something that almost seems scary. It almost seems a little bit crazy. But I believe that every one of us is called to a better place. You know, you look at the world around us, and we know that there's, there's got to be a better place. We look at all the things that are happening around us, and there's got to be a better place. I believe that God has a plan. Well, I'm going to read also from... Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 8. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and the brother James, uh, brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah. Talking with Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell down on their face to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they look up, they saw no one except Jesus. I want to have a little bit of fun with the scripture. I want to share a little bit. Like when I look into the scripture, I'm thinking, what was Moses and what was Elijah talking to Jesus about? Did you ever think about that? Like why were these two guys like, come from heaven to come down and talk to the Son of Man, the creator of heaven and earth. Why? What were they talking about? Well, I'm going to take a little bit of liberty and share what I think. How's that? <laughs> I believe Moses looked at Jesus and said, remember when I threw the Ten Commandments down and, and I broke them on the Israel, over to the Israelites because they were, they were being disobedient, and you made me carve them out of, out of stone again? You're really going to write my laws on their heart, not on their mind? I'm sure Moses and Elijah were like looking around like, whoa, really? Are you kidding me? You mean every believer that walks the face of the earth is going to carry those very laws in their hearts and on their minds? You're going to engrave them in, in, in who they are? Do you mean that the glory of God, the Holy Spirit, that was only, only in one place in the Holy of Holies is actually going to indwell every believer on the face of the earth? Scripture says that the prophets longed to peer into God's plans. It says that the prophets took time to diligently seek the spirit of God that was inside of them to see what God was saying about the future salvation of the earth. It even says that even the angels longed to see What God had planned. And so Moses and Elijah, two men, no different than you and I, are standing there. You know scripture says that God is no respecter of persons? Do you know that? And then I think of Elijah. Elijah standing at Jesus like, whoa. Like you're really going to heal the leper through believers? You mean the spirit of God is going to dwell inside of every believer? And that they're going to heal the sick. Whoa. I'm sure that they were standing there so thrilled that the Son of God asked them to come and take a look what was happening. And I'm sure they were probably talking about how this is all going to take place. That's an amazing picture. You know, God has a dream and we have a dream. I believe the Lord instills into every one of us a unique dream and a unique purpose, but I believe that it's a part of a big dream. I believe God has a really, really big dream. I believe that He has a real big plan for every single one of us i i My mom and dad used to call me a dreamer i i I dream all the time, we write them all down and you know. Many times, and even delivering the newspaper, my, my grandfather lived next door. He said, what were you thinking the other day? You were walking across the yard and you walked into a tree. <laughs> I said, well, I think I might have been dreaming, you know. But there's so many people in the Bible that dream, and you know, God wants to give you a dream. You know, it's kind of cool because uh, one, one, one night at the elder board, um, we, we, we had some time to talk, and, and uh, I had a little bit of, of fun. I said, "Can I dream a little bit? Can I share with you guys what I think Valley Brook is going to be?" I said, "I just want—I just want to have some fun. Go for it." So I did, and this is what I said: I believe Valley Brook has been called by God. I believe uniquely Valley Brook is going to be an epicenter for Christianity. I believe that we're gonna have pastors and ministers that are gonna come out of this church that are gonna revolutionize the world I believe they're gonna go to other countries I believe we're gonna have church planters that are gonna come out of this place I believe that we're gonna have new music and new songs that are gonna come out of here that they're gonna be singing for years and years to come I really believe that and I do believe that everyone that's coming in here is gonna get a touch from God I believe that depression is gonna leave when they come into a worship service I believe that families are going to be restored. I believe that, that where children have left their home and there's been a strain in the family, that God's going to restore those families. I really believe that. I really believe that. I believe sick people are going to come into this place and they're going to walk away well. I really believe that. I really believe that there's going to be people who have been tormented in their minds, are going to walk away with a straight and clear mind. I really believe that. And I believe that's part of God's dream and God's plan. When I read the Bible, I read it wide-eyed, full of mystery, full of excitement, and full of passion, because we have a God that could do anything. And that same God that that dwelled in the Holy of Holies is now dwelling inside of every single believer who has called on the name of the Lord. We are talking about this, this past season about how the Holy Spirit leads you. And I want to ask you, are you holding on to the stuff of this world? Because there's a land that's waiting for you, there's a dream that's waiting for you. And uniquely, you have a dream. And God wants to stir that passion up in you so that you go for it. That's what I really believe. I believe that Valley Brook, if you look at where we're standing right now, We had plans on Route 10 and 202. We bought a piece of property. was going to build a church, saving up money. And whammo, God gives us 80 acres with a building and a mansion. And now we have a ministry to young pregnant women that are homeless. How long would it take to save up that money, guys? We would still be saving. But guess guess what? God could do anything. He could do anything. And you want to know what? He wants to do it in you. Do you have a dream? You know, God said to Abraham, said, Abraham, go into this land. I'm going to make your your offspring as numerous as the stars and as multiple, as the sand on the seashore. And you know what else? I'm going to make your name great. How many of you guys are stuck in false humility right now? So what's that? (laughs) False humility is when you don't believe the beauty of who you are. Let me tell you something. There's a kingdom that's going to come out of heaven. A beautiful city, dressed as a bride, is going to come out of heaven. And the foundations of that city has 12 foundations. Twelve. And every one of those foundations has the name of every one of Jesus' pals. Matthew on that foundation. Luke, John the Beloved. Every one of them is going to be on those foundations. And you will remember their names forever. God is no respecter of persons. Then, not only that, there's going to be 12 gates in the city, north, east, south, and west. And every one of those gates is going to have the name of every tribe of Israel on those gates, the names of people. Have you ever thought about your name? Do you think your name is something? God does. You know, moms and dads, when you have that, that time to be able to think about, oh, what's my kid's name going to be? You know? That, that's always fun, right? I remember you know, Christopher when the Cowboys were doing good. He was going to be Emmett Smith, you know. <laughs> but God had a different plan. Do you know that the Holy Spirit actually gets involved in that? You may not think so. Well, I'm not a Christian. My family were Christians, but let me tell you something. Take a little bit of time to find out what your name is, and I guarantee you, you carry some of those, those qualities. Because God is so big. And God wants to make your name great. Well, I never heard that before. He really does. Jesus says in his prayer, he says, Father, that same glory that you have given me, I ask that you give it to them. I pray, Father, as you and I are one, I pray that, that we would be one also. God wants you to carry his glory. They say, well, I'm really not worth it. If you want to know the value of a person, you look at the price that was paid. The price that was paid to bring you into the kingdom of heaven was the life of a king. Jesus left his throne in heaven, came down and laid on a cross, and gave his life for you. Then you'd have to ask yourself, well, how valuable am I? Priceless. Priceless. So let me ask you a question. Where are you going? Are you gonna look back into the depression? Are you gonna look back where you came from? Are you gonna look ahead? Because there's a land that you're waiting for. There is something that you're waiting for that's much greater than you can imagine. I don't believe you should look back. I believe you should look forward. You know, there's a scripture in Romans and and, and what Dan shared today as he started off was exactly what Heather, Heather shared. He believed that God was wanting to break shame. In Romans it says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's none. And not only that, Scripture also says that the man who has the Spirit of God, no man can judge him. So if there's somebody judging you, don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. God carries a value on you that you can't even begin to imagine. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready to walk in the beauty of who you're called to be? Because that city that came down to, to, that's coming down to earth is adorned as a bride. You know a bride, when she comes down the aisle, she knows she's beautiful. Do you know you're beautiful? A bride will spend so much time on every detail of the dress, the headdress, the shoes, the makeup, everything. They'll take so much time to prepare. And then when they come down the aisle... They're ready, they know they're beautiful. Do you know you're beautiful? Do you? Because you know what? All of the universe is waiting for one day. Do you know what that day is? It's a wedding day. Do you know in the wedding day, the bride is actually the focal point of the whole, the whole um, activity. And Jesus is waiting. It says the bride will be pure, spotless, and holy, fully mature, fully sure of who she is. And I believe that every one of us, if you want to know where you're going, you need to know who the Lord thinks you are. All over the earth, the enemy is belittling people, making people less than. And I believe that we are called to call forth the beauty in every individual. I believe we're called to call forth life where there's death. You know, a stronghold is when you believe something that is untrue. And I wanna ask you today, is there something that you believe about yourself That's not true. If you don't believe that you're beautiful and you don't believe that you're something and you don't believe that your name means something, well, it does. And I believe that God wants you to be able to walk down the aisle with your shoulders back, your head up, and know who you are. I believe his church in the end times is gonna know who they are and know who he is. Jesus says, uh, you are mine and I am yours. The two shall become one. It's an amazing dream. And God wants you in on it. Just like the prophets longed to see what Jesus was preparing. Just like even the angels. Think about it. Scripture says even the angels were longing to see what God was preparing Do you long to see the dream that God has? Do you long to see the dream that God has for you? I believe God wants to stir up that passion in every one of us. Because you know what? It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be big. It's bigger than you. Isn't that awesome?